everybody. This is Joey Two Wallets. Anyway, this is Joey Two Wallets. And this is the second episode of the Versus Saga. If you hear any weird noises, because my son's in the back seat. So I guess you can say my son is my first person interview in the in the ride along. Xavier, how do you feel about football? Good. You feel good about football? You like it? Uh-huh. Alright, fine. Go ahead and eat your ice cream. Anyway. Again, it's Joey Two Wallets. In the car with Joey Two Wallets. I'm Joey Two Wallets. Hello. And today, I want to talk to you about, again, in the Versus Saga. Lamar Jackson versus <sighs> I really like part of me is annoyed because I really have to do him um, well one they were in the same division in college played in completely different eras uh, Don McNabb okay I'm not even gonna like hold on to it we all know went to Syracuse University came out of the Big East Still holds the record today for the number one total offensive plays record, which I didn't even know was a record until I was doing some, you know, doing some research. That's a nice little record, actually. And that actually explains why Andy Reid selected him, because he's always, like, moved the chain quarterbacks. Jeff Garcia, Michael Vick, Donovan McNabb, so on and so forth throughout his career. Patty Holmes. You know what I'm saying? So Andy Reid is definitely stuck to his guns on what he likes to see in a quarterback. Okay. Um, Don McNabb was in the first round, uh, second overall pick, if you guys didn't know. Again, he went to the orange. You know what I'm saying? Whoop, Syracuse. Uh, His career, he was at Philadelphia from 1999 to 2009. Played for the Washington Reds. I will never... If I accidentally said their name, I would deeply apologize, but I usually refer to them as the Oakland Reds. Um, he played for the Oakland Reds in 2010 for the 25-yard game, if anybody remember that. He threw for 25 yards and ran for 35 and played the whole game. It's the worst game i ever seen in history. I was like, this guy is supposed to be clamoring for a Hall of Fame votes, like, Look, I'm going to get into it later why I think he's not in the Hall of Fame because I believe there's a few factors and that one game I do believe is the actual factor of one of them. Um, and then he also played for the Minnesota Vikings in the last year of his career in 2011. Um, his, you know, I mean, he was in Andy Reid's system. Donovan McNabb looked like a Hall of Fame quarterback ought to look. Successful to be completely honest, I'm going to go segment by segment. I'm going to stop for a minute. When I come back, I'm going to start with his statistics and then go from there. And um, I'm going to end off with some bullet points. Um, I'm going to just state it right now. I'm a T.L. fan, not a Don McNabb fan. I'm just going to keep it real. I'll be back, y'all.
Hey, you guys, if y'all don't know that song, hey, y'all, y'all young, y'all young, young. <laughs> uh, okay. So, Don McNabb under Andy Reid. Well, I'm sorry, his whole career. I mean, basically under Andy Reid, he didn't do anything for Minnesota, and he basically didn't do nothing for Washington either. 234 touchdowns, 117 picks. To me, anybody who's thrown over 200 touchdowns in the NFL is more than successful. Yeah, he threw over 200 touchdown X. Yeah. And then 37,000 yards. He's in the 30,000 club. That's a lot of yards to be thrown in the NFL. But then again, I'm sorry. Can can somebody start saying Hall of Fame for Andy Reid? I don't care if the dude's not won a Super Bowl. Yet. The dude should be in the Hall of Fame for his accomplishments and what he's done with teams in the NFL as far as success is concerned. He is one of the most winningest coaches in the league. I would actually have to get the numbers on that before I was done doing that. He's had his passer rating, Don McNabb, is 85.6, which ain't bad for his career. Completion percentage of 59%, which also ain't bad. All right, I'm coming next. I'm coming next. And then 29 rushing touchdowns because Don McNabb was a dual threat. Six-time Pro Bowler, no NFL awards. Another reason why he's not a Hall of Famer in my book. In his college career, 8,389 yards. And compared to Lamar Jackson, who threw for 9,000 yards in a West Coast system. You okay? Okay. Lamar Jackson threw for 69 touchdowns. Armin Ab threw for 77 touchdowns. One through Lamar Jackson threw 27 picks. Diamond Nab through 26 picks. So at the very worst, Lamar Jackson could be Donovan McNabb very easily with the way he started. Um, sorry guys, I gotta take another break. I gotta take my son and go handle some stuff. Again, this is off of the Sports Daddy TV program that me and my brother Big Chief Daddy have developed and are working on. Uh again, I will be back, y'all. Okay? See you soon. guys um oof. I'm trying to look over again and um there's already a huge comparison uh between Donovan McNabb's early career and Lamar Jackson's early career Donovan McNabb was actually you know not welcomed in Philly <laughs> Um, due to the ridicule that Lamar Jackson got from the media so early. And can we just uh, say that he's handled everything extremely well? Everybody was saying, oh, he made, he made a mistake by hiring his mom as his, uh, as his agent. Nope, that doesn't look to be a mistake. That actually looks to be a positive. He actually somebody that knows him, knows what he likes, knows his trust, knows his 
knows his likes and dislikes, and he put his faith in that person, and she got the deal done. So I'm just trying to, you know what I mean? So it's not like, and then Don McNabb came in, and he didn't have a legend in Philadelphia to replace. Lamar Jackson, I know most of you guys are going to disagree, but Joe Cool, as Ray Lewis says, Joe uh, Joe Flacco, who I personally love, We'll just put it this way. Joe Flacco is the most successful postseason quarterback in NFL history. On the road, statistically, he's one of... I'm, I'm not even going to go there. Again, Joe Flacco is one of those guys you had to see who played horrible during the offseason. But when it came time for... Ooh, sorry about that. For... The postseason, when it came time for games that mattered, Joe Flacco was not only there, he showed up and he showed out. Joe Flacco's usually, oh, yeah, he's going to throw for about 150 yards, two touchdowns, two picks if he's having a good game, zero touchdowns, two picks if he's having a bad game. The only reason why that's high is because his arm, he's one of those guys with those legendary strong arms I would take Joe Cool, Joe Flacco over Jeff George any day that being said Lamar Jackson had to replace this hometown legend in Baltimore sorry Trent Dilfer but (laughs) you don't count Uh, Joe Flacco actually had to throw Baltimore to the Super Bowl you just relied on Ray Lewis, Patrick Bullwear, Peter Bullwear, Peter or Patrick? I think it was Peter Bullwear, Chris McAllister, and them. They they were so loaded on defense when Chip Dilfer won that defense. It's like not even. Anyway, on a scale, <laughs> Lamar Jackson weighs more than Chip Dilfer. I just put it that way. Um. So when Lamar Jackson came in, first he had to replace a legend who was still playing there. Even though that he was playing not great, he was still playing there. So that's one. Two, you really got to look at, like I said, Don McNabb was booed going into Philly. But after a first... After the first couple of seasons, they fell in love with Dominic Nabb in Philly. There was no problems there. Lamar Jackson, and I'm not even going to front. I was one of them. I didn't think that he would develop as this type of quarterback. One in the NFL, because I think the speed and defenses are leaps and bounds, more technical, better tackling, attrition is better. There's a difference when guys are going to school and playing football, and there's a difference when guys are going and playing football for a check. I also believe I just believe even the eye tests, there's a confidence level that Lamar Jackson has 
that I've never seen Dominic McNabb have. Dominic McNabb was a professional's professional until T.O. came along and said, wait, this dude is phony. He's not, he's not real. And, you know, from throwing up in the Super Bowl, you know, to the war, to the war, the locker room between him and T.O., But it's funny, T.O. came out and he said what he said about Dominic Nab. I'm not going to get into all that, what he said. But I really, like everything kind of rung true with T.O. T.O. might have spoke out of turn, but he wasn't wrong. He bashed Jeff Garcia about lack of arm strength. Guess what? They put in Tim Rattay because Tim Rattay could get the ball down the field in the offense they were doing in San Francisco. Then Jeff Garcia goes to San Francisco. I believe it was Dominic Nabb who got injured by the Tennessee Titans. Keith Bullock broke his sternum with a good, solid tackle. I'm just saying. And then Jeff Garcia came in. I believe that was that year. And Jeff Garcia lit it up within the confines of how that offense was built around him, which didn't take Andy Reid long to build an offense around Jeff Garcia. So Jeff Garcia is not a bad quarterback. He just wasn't the quarterback for the system that they were forcing on him in San Francisco with T.O. So that being said, T.O. was actually right making the comment at the time that he did. But to come full circle... Lamar Jackson, I don't believe with his personality, I don't know if he's much of like a, like a vocal leader. I I haven't heard interviews or just tried to, I haven't gathered that from him so much, but neither really was, I mean, Don McNabb was kind of the guy who kind of developed into that, but he's not really that kind of guy. I don't even really see him as a rah-rah guy. I just kind of see him as, all right, we're doing good. All right. Yes. He's just, he's one of those kind of guys. Like, he's going to go with the flow. When things are good, they're good. When they're bad, he's bad. And um, I want to keep it real. When it came to the back half of his career, Brian Westbrook was the real MVP. And I really don't want to misquote Don McNabb, but... Let me go ahead and look at my notes. Look, I didn't, I didn't even write it down. I just put it this way. Worst post-game interview in history. A guy who's played football for all of his life. He's not one of those guys that started in college or high school. He played football from peewee all the way up. Never had a tie game, apparently, in his life. But that really knocked his student of the game theory when everybody said, well, oh, yeah, Dominic Abbott's a student of the game. No, Andy Reid is a student of the game, and it showed, especially when Don McNabb went to Wash, went to Washington Reds. So he got on TV, and if I can try and quote the way he said it, I did not know 
games ended in a tie. I'm thinking, wait, I've played football a little bit of my life. But even I know that games can end in a tie, and I've never played in the NFL and or college. So, I know this. You play in the NFL during your tenure. If I'm not mistaken, there was three to four ties that happened in the NFL. So, either you weren't paying attention or you're just not smart when it comes to your craft. And this is the stuff that really bangs on Don McNabb. The press in Philadelphia liked him, but I really don't believe that they loved him. I genuinely believe that they love Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Especially right now. And if he wins this MVP as a quarterback in Baltimore, you know, I didn't even look at the stat, but dead, dead serious question, if anybody can answer this viewing, did the Cleveland Browns who reverted now to the Baltimore Ravens ever have a MVP quarterback in the Super Bowl era? Like, that that's a dead serious... I mean, I'm trying to think. I don't remember Bernie Kosar ever doing it. Uh, was Jim Brown ever an official MVP? I don't know. We know he's we know if he's not the greatest running back, he's top three all time. Um, I don't know of any quarterbacks in that particular organization that have had a most valuable player at quarterback during a season. Uh, Joe Flacco earned every bit of that MVP that he got in the Super Bowl versus the 49ers. Mm. I'm really trying to think. No, I'm like, I'm 100% dead serious. I didn't look it up. It's just a random question. Does anybody know if the Baltimore Ravens slash Cleveland Browns, this particular organization, one, had a quarterback that won the MVP during the season? And then I'm going to look it up, and then I'm going to post it on... Uh, I'm going to post it on Sports Daddy TV... Uh, well, I almost said podcast. Sports Daddy TV, the blog on Facebook. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to see if I can do that tonight. Uh, before this airs tomorrow. Okay, what other notes do I have here? I mentioned throwing up in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. And let's mention, Donovan McNabb is really played with a lot of Hall of Famers. Hall of Fame coach, Hall of Fame defensive coordinator, Jimmy Johnson, who's no longer with us. I believe Brian Westbrook will get Hall of Fame votes before that. He should have more Hall of Fame votes before Donovan McNabb. I, re I really believe that. And Brian Dawkins is already in. Because Brian Dawkins made Jimmy Johnson's defense go. No, it's not the same Jimmy Johnson that coached the Dallas Cowboys, so knock that off. You guys don't know who Jimmy Johnson is? Trust me. Look up Jimmy Johnson. He's... Other than Buddy Ryan and through that family, there is no better defense that I've ever seen th than Jimmy Johnson's. You know what? There's only one guy right now who comes close 
And that's, um, is it Jim Schwartz, former Tennessee Titans? There's very, very few guys that had an aggressive defense like that and was successful at it. Jimmy Johnson was successful, and I am shocked that Jim Schwartz does not have another coaching job. Um, oh, now, you know what? Let me let me look this over. I'm in traffic again, as you guys know, because I'm in the car with Joey Tawala. So let me go ahead. I'm going to look up this last thing. I'm going to talk about it. We're really going to talk about the past and the future and, of course, who I would rather have and who's honestly better. I'll be right back. traffic this last thing I was kind of debating whether if I should say it or not but it's out there I mean I'm pretty sure if you guys are Philadelphia Eagle fans or or Andy Reid fans or even Don McNabb fans you guys are going to know about this um, I'm not going to be specific here but a few years after his uh, playing career was over uh, if I'm not mistaken he was an analyst and um if there was any chance of Donald McNabb going to the Hall of Fame, he had a sexual harassment issue. I don't know the full details, but this was in 2017. Whether if it's true or not, if somebody's looking to pull in, put somebody in the Hall of Fame, whether if you're guilty or not, if there's sexual harassment listed on there and everybody's being so picky now, there's no way Donovan McNabb gets in. And I'm not going to throw any dirt on Donovan McNabb. I don't know the guy. Donovan, if you're listening to the show, sorry, I just had to bring it up. I don't believe you're a Hall of Famer and the media is going to crucify you just to that one fact. I don't know if you did it or not. Like I said, I'm not here to judge. I just love football. But that being said, if you look at the college career numbers between Diamond McNabb and Lamar Jackson, you could honestly say that they were almost identical or mirror images of each other, except Lamar Jackson is a way better athlete all the way around. If I'm not mistaken, Diamond McNabb had bigger hands, Lamar Jackson had a longer arm. The 40-yard dash, Lamar Jackson didn't do it, but we know Lamar Jackson is faster than Donald McNabb. The high jump, Donald, uh, the cone drill, not Donovan, Lamar, 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 Lamar. Anything that really had to do with athleticism, Lamar was better than, better than that. Now, this is where it kind of gets tricky. 69 touchdowns compared to 77. You could honestly say, and the completion percentage was 57 to 
Oh my goodness, I forgot to write down, but I believe it was around 59 for Don McNabb. So I'm not sure who the coach was for the Orange, but I do believe that in Bobby Petrino's system, that Lamar Jackson learned how to be a complete quarterback. I just didn't see it. And I said it on my last episode on the Michael Vick. He had a really bad tendency to stare down one receiver or one tight end. But then I started looking at those old games again and are posted on YouTube. I, like I started looking at those games again and then comparing Deshaun Watson to you know, Lamar Jackson during that game. Lamar Jackson only had those guys to throw two. Their other star receiver on the other side was hurt. And then the second running back who backs up the starting running back was hurt. And he was the pass catcher of the two. So maybe I kind of harshed him too critically on that particular game for staring down wide receivers. But I had seen him do it in multiple games. And then I saw him do it in the playoff game against San Diego. So I'm thinking, okay, same guy. I don't know what happened. But if you look at the Cleveland quarterback, you know, Baker Mayfield, he gets on TV and says stuff like, Mama didn't raise no punk. But then when you look at Lamar Jackson, and this is where I really gained this one comment made, made it for me with Lamar Jackson. Not even his fit on the play. He said, nobody cares to work harder. And for somebody who works as hard as I do in my profession, I can respect that. If nothing else, I can judge him on the field. I can judge him off the field. For an example, Tom Brady off the field, I wouldn't trust that dude with a peanut butter sandwich in a restaurant, at a fancy restaurant. Like, I, I, the dude is sneaky. He's conniving. When it comes to business, he is shrewd, to say the least. Now, is he smart when it comes to the corporate world? Yes. But I just don't believe Tom Brady to be. Tom Brady is that guy. Oh, yeah, you meet him. He's on your football team. Yeah, he's your best buddy. But as soon as something goes wrong or as soon as contract time comes up and seeming like you're not going to be on the team anymore, I don't know if you guys are going to be friends or not anymore. Just from what I've seen from Tom Brady, like I said, I've never met the guy. Um, the flake gate and all that crap. I just see Tom Brady as being disingenuous in more situations than not. You could say about Lamar Jackson, the one thing that he does is he's so far 
even when people don't want him to be, he's kind of too honest to a point, and it's like, that's refreshing for me. So, I'm, I'm really all good with that. I don't know about y'all, but if you don't like Lamar Jackson's play, which I'm still back and forth about because this is his second year, I'm have to respect Lamar Jackson in the way he's gone about his business so far. Like, you cannot hate on him at all. So that being said, tomorrow uh, we're going to have I'm going to do another episode for Wednesday. Uh, now I'm going to start going back. I'm going to start taking it back because normally the arguments are is, oh, well, this player couldn't play in that era. Okay. I'm going to look at the numbers. I've already looked at tape. I'm not going to dig into who I'm talking to, but I can guarantee you it's not Warren Moon. It's not Dan Marino. Uh, there's no comparable between Warren Moon, Dan Marino, you know, but I am looking around that era, you know, just to kind of give you guys kind of a little, okay, so I'm going to take it back a little bit. Today I went back, you know, I'm kind of stuck in the same era with two uh, stylistic, capable, similar quarterbacks in Don McNabb, Michael Vick, the experience, Don McNabb, the throw up for Super Bowls, oh my bad, the choker, oh wait, my bad, that's what got to throw up, oh my bad. Oh, shoot. Okay, okay. Uh, he's just McNabb. <laughs> the experience versus McNabb versus Lamar Jackson. And if I had to choose, yesterday, you know, I was actually talking to uh, one of my bosses on my job. And I told him I was doing the experience episode with uh, the versus saga that came to Michael Vick. He actually told me, you know, he would still prefer Michael Vick. And if you look at the numbers, he'd be wrong. But when you look at the tape, Lamar Jackson doesn't strike fear into anybody. Right now, he's just a quarterback on a hot streak. Like, like, straight up. But if you look at Michael Vick, if Michael Vick didn't go to jail, you could say for a decade plus that Michael Vick struck fear into the heart of the NFL and defensive coordinators. But at the same time, it's kind of unfair to Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson's not there yet. This is only his second year. But Michael Vick had that run against Minnesota that really said, oh, crap, we knew he could do it. We didn't think it would actually happen during the game. Lamar Jackson's had that run already. When he had that double spin, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, we knew Lamar Jackson had to tell him. We didn't think it was going to happen. Well, the pride will always fall in the NFL, and that's what happens to these defense coordinators. Yeah, we can guard him with one guy. We can guard him with two guys. He's just Lamar Jackson. 
So, I mean, you've had your, your wow moment. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about with Michael Vick and the experience, look up that long, I believe it was 96, 90-some-odd yard run against Minnesota. I believe it was in Minnesota. And then look at the the run that Lamar Jackson did just a, not even that long ago, a few weeks ago. It's there. Like I said, if you look at the numbers, Donovan McNabb is way more deserving of a Hall of Fame vote than Michael Vick. I think Michael Vick, the experience, if you watch his tape, he's not going to go full first ballot. But he deserves to me. I'm not going to, like I, look, I will say this and then I will end this. I'm still in the argument by myself. I'm waiting for somebody to say, I can't buy that story. Wasn't it written that Marcus Vick answered the door when they were looking for Michael Vick at the home where the dog fighting was at? And Michael Vick was with. And I'm like, wait. So Michael Vick, $100 million contract by Atlanta, has to have a dog fighting ring. If you ask me all these years, Michael Vick, I know you're probably not going to agree with me. <laughs> I still think you're covering for your cousin Marcus. All these years, I've been saying it all these years. He went to jail for his cousin and he found God in jail. So that's what he ran with. And I am not mad at Michael Vick. When it comes to Don McNabb, I mean, if you just want to look at the surface, I still believe he's got soul searching to do. If he wants to get into the Hall of Fame. Because we all know really what it's about now. It's all about public image. And yeah, what you did on the field is really a small part, but it's more so about public image. You know why T.O. got in? Negative or positive, however you want to slice it. Never arrested. The most thing he's ever done outside off the field is do sit-ups in his driveway, which my co-host to our show, Coastal Bros, presented by Sports Daddy TV, which is also run by us. He believes that that's a negative that T.O. I mean, did T.O. call these people and come to his house? T.O.'s like, no, nah, man. I'm just trying to stay in shape. I don't know where I'm going. But somehow, because T.O. had the attention of the media, somehow this is his fault. It's not T.O.'s fault that he's the second greatest receiver of all time. And Don McNabb, you're not... If I had to choose between Don McNabb and Lamar Jackson, in college, I look at the complexity of the offense that he played with in college and the accuracy that he threw with, plus his athletic ability. Looking what Don McNabb did at Syracuse was awesome. And he progressed very, very slightly each year. Lamar Jackson was almost leaps and bounds every year 
except his last year because all of his talent graduated and his numbers didn't even fall off, just the wins did. So saying that, just comparing the college careers alone, I would select Lamar Jackson ahead of Don McNabb. And yesterday, I was really hesitant, but I said Lamar Jackson. Honestly, I would go back on that because Michael Vick was the experience. And I was one of those guys, I never played with Michael Vick because I'm extremely prideful. So I used to actually play against dudes because I, dude, I don't know about y'all, but I was Madden. I was always on Madden and I never picked the Falcons. Why? Because I wanted to stop Michael Vick. But anybody knows, you press triangle, oh, Michael Vick's running, and he's the fastest thing. He's still the fastest player in any game in history. I don't care what anybody says. Michael Vick, they'll, somebody who knows what they're doing, they'll be running around for 40 seconds behind the line. The defense is tired, falling on each other. Michael Vick will throw a bullet pass from the 10-yard line uh, from 10-yard line to the 40, complete it, and then somehow you get a touchdown. Or here's the other version. Michael Vick would run around for 10, 15 seconds. The whole defense ends up following him, and then Michael Vick runs up the sideline all the way to the end zone for a touchdown on Madden. I don't know about y'all, but how many times that pissed me off because I couldn't stop him. But he was that video game experience in real life, and nobody will ever duplicate that. Vince Young did it for one year. Vic did it for multiple years. Vince Young was supposed to be the six foot five Vince Young. And it never came to fruition. And I was mad because it was on my Titans. I was excited. I was like, oh, we got Vince Young from Texas. Oh, no. oh yeah. I'm not doing, you know, kind of shout out, you know, to Young. Vince, you know, B-Y-V-Y, my boy. To me, Marcus Mariota, who's I'm also not doing him in the first series, will always be compared to B-Y for me. Both them dudes, I personally wanted Jameis for my Titans. But like I said, Lamar Jackson, I would definitely pick over Don McNabb. And just linking the last, you know, I'm still back and forth, but I know I said last episode I would take Lamar Jackson, but I can't. I can't. I cannot get past the experience. I, I can't. I can't do it. Like I said, if you can find a better foursome than Vic, Mike Allstott, working on the Algae Crumpler, give me your best four. That was better than that four on offense. Like seriously. Matter of fact, tomorrow I'm posting that too. Like, I, I, I really want to know, what is the best foursome you've ever seen collectively on a football field? Mike Allstock could not only catch, he could run, he could block. Warwick Dunn is the most underrated running back in. Hold on, I had to stop myself, I had to stop myself. I'll put it this way. Ward Dunn is in my top 10 just on professionalism alone. Like, I probably never said it out loud, but it's one of those things that's... He's the only guy 
who was shorter than me doing big running back. How many small running backs you know, not Darren Sproles, because he didn't do it. How many Warwick Duns you know? There is no dudes 5'8", 5'9", 5'10", in that realm that's hitting a gap. There is none. They don't survive. Christian McCaffrey's doing it now. Warwick Dunn did it for a decade plus. Wait, I just realized that's wrong. That is my bad. That Sean King, Keyshawn Johnson, Warwick Dunn. See, the reason why I mix that up is because I kept thinking of that TJ Duckett. It's TJ Duckett, Warwick Dunn, Mike Mike Vick, and Algie Crumpler. It's Sean King, Keyshawn Johnson, Warwick Dunn, and Mike Vick. Well, who y'all like? That's the question I'm going to ask tomorrow. And if y'all caught me, y'all caught me. But, so, you know, correction for yesterday. It's TJ Duckett, that 245-pound, six-foot running back, who also played fullback. Mike uh, Mike Vick, Warwick Dunn, and Algie Crumpler. And then on this side, you got Keyshawn Johnson, Sean King, Warwick Dunn, and Mike and Mike Allstock. So, I mean, who, who y'all got? Like, it's a serious question. Look, I know this kind of got long. I didn't expect to get into all that. But, you know, this end, the end of this one, this was this was really good for me. Just to dive into Don McDab and really hit the numbers. Really hit. Man, on stage, Lamar Jackson is just so much better speaking-wise to the public, I believe, than somebody who didn't really appear to be all there upstairs. I'm sorry, that's like the worst brain fart on TV. How Dominic did that? I don't know. But hit us up on iTunes. Hit us up on iPod, i uh, iApple or whatnot. I forget what that... I, I got to hit up my co-host. He knows all that. All I know is we're going to be on YouTube. We're going to be on this podcast here. Man, it, you know what I'm saying? This is only day two. I'm still on Monday right now, but we on day two. This is this is just this versus saga is gonna get real deep. I know we gotta kind of think of it today, but imagine tomorrow when I'm taking it back. I'm gonna go into history and how that compares to Lamar Jackson right now. I will see y'all tomorrow. Have a great day. This is Joey Two Wallets, and I'm breaking out your phone. <laughs>